Hello and welcome back to the Age of Empires, the definitive podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Robert, and I'm joined by Chris today. How's it going, Chris? Hello. Uh, very well, thank you. Um, I'm joining you after a pretty busy age week for myself, although I guess we are in between tournaments in the, the real world of Age of Empires, so uh, I guess we, we don't have quite as much to cover as usual, but um, yeah, it's been yeah. a busy week. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that's necessarily a problem, because I feel like... Uh... Honestly, there's probably so much from like a learning perspective we haven't really covered in this in the game yet. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure if there's ever uh, some weeks where there's not a lot of tournaments and stuff, or we've gone through all the campaigns, there I think there'll still be a lot to cover from our own individual kind of uh, getting better at the game perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's always plenty of that to be done. Um, yeah, and I guess we're uh, we're we're just the two men today as well. Yeah, just the two of us, uh, which is all good. I mean, part of the having the three-man crew is the ability to have these episodes uh, that are two-man in case someone someone drops out. Um, for but I mean that that's kind of the goal. The goal is to be able to to still have regular, regularly sc- scheduled programming, even uh, even when uh, one person can't be there. That being said, uh, we may go a little shorter this week, but I think that's uh, totally fine. Uh, and actually, our first topic of discussion, Chris, is. I've I've been hearing through the grapevine, and by the grapevine I mean uh, the text chat that we've been talking, uh, that you've been playing a little more ranked games recently. Yeah, I realized, you know, in this whole, uh, everyone seems to be grabbing hold of something in, during this pandemic and being like, do you know what, face your fear, crack on, do something new. And I've realized I've been sat messing around playing random maps against the computer, scared of like damaging my ELO, when actually I just need to take the plunge and it's pretty well... Um, it's well acknowledged that you do lose a lot of games before you start leveling off and you find your level and, and then improve from there so I thought I'd, I'd bite the bullet um, and that was so that was that was really good um, sort of refreshed with a, a lot more content having been watched and a few tricks and tips and I think I before that I had a quick mess around on the computer trying to learn a few more hotkeys more than the very <laughs> basic ones so I, I kind of gave it a go Um so yeah, hopefully um, that's that's me now, well and truly in. I think I've played about ten games over these two days that I was talking about. So um, I feel well and truly dipped into it, well anointed. Yeah, you feel um, you feel like you're starting to get a hang of it a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it's always more fun, more challenging playing against a person. Um, and then obviously you've got the sort of timing aspect to it. But I did actually listen back to our very first podcast last week. And mm. in it, I remember we were kind of sizing each other up for what kind of players we were. And I was kind of going to length about how I'm a bit of an eco-boomer kind of guy. And I've, I've kind of realized that that's just not the case. Um, when um, when I've been playing, I've, I've kind of gone with this um cav kind of line of trying to rush out cav as soon as possible so i've been the magyars i've been the uh indians i've been playing quite a lot of have you seen um african clearing at all it's a bit of an arabia style nomad yeah the only difference is i feel like is that the one oh you know it's the trees are all on the outside yes yeah yeah so you're kind of in a bit of a coliseum of trees uh there's a lot of fish around so i was hoping if i was indians i could um boom a bit quicker with the cheap bills um get the food in quicker with the the fishing bonus and and then you know mount a bit of a a mobile offensive from there um but yeah it's been kind of the magyars have ended up sticking with and also the mongols as well because they get a few cav bonuses with line of sight and 
and whatnot. So, um, yeah, that's been brilliant. And pretty much every game without fail, I've just been trying to get two or three, maybe even four scouts out quite early, uh, send it around the perimeter and then just kind of hit the wood line as the first engagement, not be messing around <laughs> with rushes or anything like that. But, um, so, um, but with that, I've realised, A, I'm quite aggressive in that feudal period. Um, but also, if they can survive that and wall up or I just stop producing villagers and let them back into the game. Um, once it, anything to do with the trebuchet comes out, I'm absolutely appalling. And um, <laughs> I, I'm just un, unable to churn the villagers out consistently. And uh, the second town centre always seems too expensive, too much of a stretch uh, at that point, because I've probably um, spent all my wood back, uh, like on uh, sort of a reinforcing archer army at that point. So I've been struggling with balance in the mid game and anything that's gone mid to long, I've actually lost, but I've won quite a lot of the shorter ones, so I'm, I think I'm about six and six one six lost from the last week. So I'm fairly happy oh. with that. Um, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Although I have, there is a caveat. One of them was was shamelessly. I was again absolutely mangled. Some guy was had a really good gold rich castle age army, Mamelukes, I think. So what would that make him? <laughs> Persians, I think, something like that. Um, oh, so he yeah. was just about to. The writing was on the wall, but I was still in the game, and then he disconnected. So. I got the win, <laughs> so unfortunately for him. But um, so it's kind of, I guess I am down more than I'm up. But it seems like I'm stabilizing somewhere in the middle, and that can only be good. So, I mean, I, I will say for, for for me, one of the biggest things in the beginning when I was losing a lot, it was actually a lot of fun because it made, I gave, I feel like when when I was losing every game, it almost became a challenge. It's like if I can only just win one. Yeah, there, there's yeah. that feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. But now, now that I've kind of had a pretty consistent build. Right, like I want to say, this is any any optimized, like fully optimized or anything. Uh, I think my build slightly differs from match to match, but I have a general idea of what I'm going going at least now. Yeah, um, I I think I've kind of found this sweet spot where I'm about I'm I'm kind of I'm right now in the 800 little bit MMR range, right? Mm-hmm. But once I start hitting 850, that's when there's that's when that's like my upper limit right now and i mean obviously like i'm not putting that much time into the game so so i'm sure maybe i could break that but i feel like right now when i start getting those 850 ranks that's when there's a lot of people who just uh are playing enough to 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 beat me a lot (laughs) yeah no i i agree and i've almost i've noticed that so i maybe i'd win two on the bounce and it would take me up to yeah maybe about eight eight fifty eight sixty and then Mm -hmm. i'd pretty much straight away get slapped back down so it, I guess it's quite an accurate system in that, you know, maybe I'm at that level and it you get paired with someone a bit higher, maybe 880 or 900 or something. Um, yeah, I'd find out about it quite quickly because I think it's there's a, a mentality shift as well, isn't there? I mean, you can get a lot of early success with raids. And I was literally, we're not talking one or two vills, but I've been able to get, you know, between five and 15 vills in that first engagement mm. sometimes, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah, <laughs> but then, but then uh, so that should be kind of game over, and you should be able to kind of go back, play defensive, build on it. But I just don't quite have that um, that booming expertise to make it stick. And then also, it's a raiding mentality after the after the minute when when they've got the walls up and things. You can't really have that. You end up just running into walls. It's inefficient. And uh, yeah, I've just not been holding on to my military numbers in 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 the best way. So. Um, but yeah, so I've been bouncing around the sort of 700, 800 mark, really, just yeah, above. Yeah. For for me, I always feel like uh, the the one thing that <laughs> I I've gotten really greedy now. Like that's the reality. Yeah. Like I I and I think it 
the reason that 850 I'm really starting to stop is because people will actually build an army that's threatening enough to just win the game. Mm. Um, because because I think I've gotten pretty used to raids. Uh, well, like even wood, even woodline raids. Like at the rank I'm at, a lot of times you have enough villagers in your woodline to <laughs> to beat the scouts. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. So as long as you can collect properly, um, I just hold the shift button, right click all the horses, and I may lose one or two villagers, but ultimately I'm back to mining yeah. right after. So you stop so... the rot, don't you? You stop the rot, and you you know if you can kill them off, then you, you that map control is yours again. And and I, I had that. There was there was one. I was been playing quite a lot of these nomads, this African clearing, and one of the games was. Um, really weird we realized after about five minutes that we were next to each other and so it was literally just two militia just battering each other and chasing around um sort of hunt just villagers kind of having to desperately gather food in the middle of it all and then i kind of realized that actually four villagers can take down two weak men at arms so he thought he was all over me and then i just killed them and built a tower and it was fantastic it just changed the whole thing so um, and towers go down to villages as well. It's it's surprising, but um, if you can just keep your cool and use the villages to stop the rock quickly, it's quite good. Yeah, and I mean, I, like the, the reality is, at my level, like I should be able to. I mean, the one thing that I'm not, I don't do, and I need to do a lot better is wall offs. Right? Just just mm. at some point, biting the bullet and getting like two villagers to just build myself a wall, so that at the very least if i see that someone's attacking the wall i can go and repair it and yeah and kind yeah. of build up from there so buys your time if nothing else doesn't it yeah 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 so i've i've been doing a lot of kind of defensive d's with uh, you know, like houses blacksmiths you name it just stick them all in but that only goes so far and i've been lazy and i've not been fully walling off so maybe that's that's something to follow suit with you on um, i i feel i feel like because because we're yeah, in those lower ranks, as long as you're you're kind of you have a general idea of what you're doing, you're already a step ahead. So yeah. there's been times where it's like, no, you're four horse, per, you know, you're four uh, cav, your cavalrys uh, that goes into my base to harass my villagers. I'm just gonna kind of play around my town center and be able to build up enough, right? So um, exactly, I think it, in some ways it's a very uh, arrogant style of like, nah, I don't need the wall, right? But it's uh, it's it's. It's kind of that evolution of like, okay, no, this is like a, a thing I'd rather not do, but I kind of need to uh, if yeah. I want to keep at it. It can be useful. It can lure people in though as well, can't it? If you can be, uh, you kind of know it's coming one way or another. You see them walking past houses and things. You might get um, a load of military kind of thinking, smelling blood and going after your vills, but then finding themselves too close to your TC and uh, throwing their lives away, which it, it can be pretty useful. But um yeah, it's it's a funny one. I think if you, if you do anything with conviction, if you're still, you know, if you, you're kind of pretty much keeping pace economically, if you can do anything quickly with conviction, then generally at this kind of level, it can give you a kind of telling advantage. Nobody's so good that, you know, they're not, they're not on uh, immaculate build orders and um, perfect army compositions and things, but I'm still getting suckered in by buying everything on the menu though. That's the problem. <laughs> there's always too much but um hey ho yeah i it, i i think because like i i suppose in some ways you want to like be able to explore and have like a, a variety of units and kind of see some good com, com, uh, combinations mm-hmm. um but 
I think I do like that I could just kind of have a bunch of that one building and build that one unit that I've upgraded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's the best in, way. In some ways, it's easier. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I could almost do with an assistant. I mean, I, I'm almost struggling to spend my resources, like getting back to the base and getting around all the production buildings quick enough. I mean, that's quite basic admin, really. But so I'm finding do, myself doing really well, and then just kind of running out of steam because I've not been maintaining the numbers or the lumber camps are too far away from the wood lines and stuff so um just a bit a bit of spring cleaning maybe is is uh, important there but, that uh, lumber camp thing though like like I, yes i think it's a really big advantage but there's definitely times that i look at the game and i'm like there are other decisions that have greatly impacted me than not moving a lumber camp fast enough. <laughs> yeah well exactly yeah that's you've, you're doing quite well if that's the main thing that's going to make or make it or break it for you um for sure but, for sure yeah so do you have do you tend to have a favorite type of map then that you always go in for or do you kind of let it roll and let it be quite random uh the only map that i veto are maps that are like really water-based like like it's a completely different game and it's yeah. not necessarily for for i think the reality is, is when i play a lot of these games i'm quite tired um, yep. and so and so for me at this point it's like i rather play the openings that i already know and mm-hmm. and i can i can somewhat do well as opposed to oh completely new concept and then my brain just kind of freaks out and it's like nah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i find that it's, even in a perfect world if you won on water and you uh, annihilated all their docks even that in of itself is not enough of an advantage because you know it it transfers so badly onto land there's no mm-hmm. no compatibility. It's just black and white. So for me, it's just an extra complication that I'm probably not going to be able to juggle. Um, and then, you know, you can get the... Obviously, you can have landings and things like that, which, I don't know, fraught with peril if you're doing it, but also they can really blindside you when you're not. So, yeah, I'm, I'm call me sort of a black forest, sort of choke point, narrow vision kind of, you know, someone just focusing on small things like that. But... I think I just prefer to have a, a simpler, simpler threat and to to kind of build up strategically accordingly. Mm-hmm. No, a hundred percent. And I th- I think it's tough because you're balancing like like the idea is at some point when the game goes really really late, like the people who who will tend to win games are people who can do the most things right at yeah. the end of the game. Yeah. Um. But there is something to kind of controlling units and being aggressive um, just to get a feel for like that starting of the game and, and when's a good time to attack and when's not. Uh, I think this is always kind of defined in a lot of RTS games. It's like there's people who are really aggressive and they always will play aggressive and you're like, are they good? Or are they bad at the game? And mm-hmm. I guess the difference is a different set of skills. And at some point you kind of have to have a haul. You have to be able to attack quickly, like have a build order where you can attack quickly and do well. And you have to be able to play in that later later stages of the game yeah yeah you know say you've say if you've just lost a game um uh, i guess if it's gone really bad and you're, you're tilted which mm. is the technical term i think um that it, unless you leave straight away do you go back into the map and have a bit of a sneaky look at what what they had going on behind the scenes or do you ever do I that i will tend to look at the map at the end of the game anyway like mm. out of curiosity like win or lose uh yeah. i think it's it's interesting kind of seeing like especially if it's a game where i you know, I made a big mistake or they had a good attack and I just wasn't ready for it and I'm t- kind of surviving and trying to rebuild somewhere else. Um, the reason I'd look at that map is because I am 
I look at him be like, okay, was there actually any way for me to get back into this game, right? Or yeah. was I was I playing a losing battle because I didn't realize right uh, that they're going to all of a sudden have this giant army that's going to attack me and I was not prepared, right? Exactly. Um, that's where I was going with that as well. It's it's uh, I often will do that and um, it, in the thick of it when you're having to make all these decisions and you may have lost a couple of your preferred production buildings, but you know maybe you're still being able to churn out a few pikemen here or there or skirmishes or whatever. Um, and you just kind of you just see it as this insurmountable thing when when you've quit and everything gets becomes visible you just you see just how you know maybe poor their eco was or how all in they were with that one attack and you could pretty much see all of their units anyway on the map i often get remorse and just think you know three minutes longer i could probably have got rid of that attack whether it's with town center or whatever um and yeah you never know so so maybe that's a lesson to learn at this elo as well there's just people aren't that complete and maybe they're not as strong behind it all as it seems. So um, maybe I'll be and a little bit more. On top of that, I would, I would recommend, and like this is not something that I've, uh, that I've necessarily, you know, done enough of in this game, but actively mm. scouting your opponent to see what they're doing as opposed to just generally scouting around the map. Uh, yeah. I think is another thing that, that we don't do. Uh, as much of because if all of a sudden you see you know like you see three barracks and they're just about to hit feudal you're like okay there's gonna be some kind of push happening right yeah exactly. so you yeah. you kind of you uh that ability to see exactly what they're what's what's coming your way and then prepare for it i think is very important that sometimes we uh uh we don't look at enough and i mean that's a whole thing in itself right being able to properly understand see what the opponent has and see what what they're planning is a, is a whole other kind of little mini mission in the game. Yeah, it uh, is. Which, it's, which... <laughs> it's a good bit. It's important. If you can have sight of what's to come, um, then, you know, if you've got a couple of minutes head start on that, then you're well in really. Um, oh, for I, sure. For sure. I do wonder though, as well with that, um, I guess if you're up at say at eggs level or above, uh, it really is quite telling. So if you see somebody, right at the start of the game with an archery range, you're pretty sure that they're going to do something in and around that because their their play is that honed that they will not be wasting resources in other areas. Whereas mm. I wonder if that low down the pecking order, there is almost <laughs> a, a fairly scattered gun approach anyway. So, you know, and I think most people would want to have the flexibility of, you know, a barracks, a stable and an archery range. So, you know, you, you do see it in these pro tourneys where, where they might kind of, the scout might see a, an archery range and it's like, aha, that's that's kind of really strategically key. I wonder whether it could be a bit of a red herring at this level. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, and I, I think this is like, this is the one thing that I, as well, you know, why this game has, I guess, a lot of things to learn. And this is just general knowledge things, like not even talking about skill or execution or, or strategies, but just knowing what civs are good at what. If yeah. you have that in your back pocket, you already have a giant advantage because you're like, okay, they're most likely going for this strategy. And if they yeah. don't, that means they're sacrificing some edge or some... Exactly. Some, uh, yeah. yeah. And I think there's probably some civs that are more... <clears throat> they've got more options. Uh, so someone like the Vikings, they've got a good bit of breadth on them. So I guess you're looking at your arbalest, where they can get arbs, halberdiers, how far down the, the night line they can go. They're the kind of two hallmark ones really but someone like the britons you know exactly what's going to happen or even probably someone like the incas where they've just got these double hard villages and cheap towers 
Um, you know, it's going to be quite interesting from the start. Um, but, uh, yeah, certainly, no, for yeah, sure, for sure. I, w- I was definitely going for Cavsiv, so it's pretty obvious what I was up to most of the time. But as long as you're expecting pikemen, which is all they're really going to do, then you can just charge past them and pick, pick off another villager. So I guess that's micro. <laughs> yes, yes, of course, of course. And I, I think that's another thing that I've been learning more and more. It's like, this game is in some ways i mean and like to be fair i don't have these like mangonel wars where like there's a lot of area of effect damage that can really swing a fight one way or the other yes Um, but in a lot of times in this game you kind of start to get a sense of okay if i'm about to have this fight i usually know or don't know if like you usually have an idea of whether you're going to win the fight or not right yeah um you can pretty much see can't you and so knowing that, especially if you're a cavalry sieve, if you know you're going to lose the fight, you might as well just be harassing their backline instead. And Because exactly. uh, you running around their backline harassing and keeping those uh, like ca- ca- cavalry alive may be enough to divert their attention from attacking you and give you enough time to, to you know actually build an army that can win the fight. Yeah, yeah. And it, it seems that there's not too many people that defend by attacking, if that makes sense. So there was one guy who had this huge army. He was about to come into my field of view and just come down on me, and he probably would have won the game. But I just had three scouts that just landed on his wood line at the same time. So he had about 15 archers, and he turned them all the way around, sent them all the way back across the map. Um, but I'd just seen them with one of my houses, I think. So I kind of knew that I was on a timer, and they were on their way back, and I could just kind of get out of there in time. I ended up winning, but you know, it could be so different just with uh, where you get happened to be stuck on the map. Oh no, a hundred percent. I feel like, uh, yeah, and this this is like the mistake that someone who has the bigger army makes because at some point you let your reinforcements deal with what's ever in your base, and yeah. you keep your big army aggressing, right? Because you, mm-hmm. you're already ahead, you're already more likely to win. Yeah, exactly. But I was, I think, of of the games I've played recently, I was, I was the the most chuffed with the first one, obviously first win on the board, but it was against the Burgundians and uh, I still haven't bought the upgrade yet. So I thought, <laughs> oh God, I've known nothing about, well, I, I've not played with them, so I've not got no working knowledge of them other than the kind of conversational stuff about the Costilias. Um I thought it was just going to be a, a wipe over, but um, yeah, they were not really, never used them in any threatening way. I kind of managed to get the guy on the back foot and they were just mixed in and, you know, there'd be, I'd like a, a skirm with like six, six hit points left. And, uh, and then they'd, they'd use two of their guys simultaneously discharging their, their power on the wrong units and stuff. So I get the feeling there's still a lot of people learning the ropes with them. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Uh, yeah. Okay. I think that's some good discussion on, on how our games recently went. Sure. Would you yeah. say though, I guess one thing that I would like to ask you, uh, would you say you feel like you're getting more comfortable with playing ranked? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I knew that it was a bit of an artificial barrier just because it was kind of in the back of your head. If you know something's going to have a lasting mark on your CV, you you know, it's, you know, almost like your credit rating or something. You don't want to go <laughs> applying for things because you know it lingers about if you don't get it. So um, I kind of, once I've broken the back of that, knowing full well that you do lose a few to start with i was quite comfortable and um yeah i, I often find that i'm i'm thinking and talking about the game well a lot a lot and watching the pros play and stuff so i really need to be in a position to test it out that's where you're going to learn and improve and 
you know, it's just a big hole right in the middle of what I'm up to. So it was always going to have to happen. And I'm really glad it has. Um, but the problem is I've got the complication of childcare as well. So, so today, for instance, I had, I had something like 58 minutes and I knew I wanted to play a game, but I knew that I knew that my boy was going to wake up at about a certain mm-hmm. time. So it's like, do I launch into some game that I might be on the verge of winning and then just, you know, the tears kick in and you have to drop it. So yeah, I just went for a quick game there rather than a ranked game. But um so yeah, but that, there's that element of threat. But other than that, if I've got a nice clear evening, I think I will get involved in a few more. Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a good way to leave it off, and we'll see how this continues on. Obviously, responsibilities and, and uh, children is important, more important uh, yeah. than the game. They, I, they are. I, it's easy to forget sometimes when you're uh, just about to upgrade to Paladin. And then there's a scream from the next room. Uh, yeah, priorities. I, I will. I will say that's one of the, I guess, trigger things with a game like Age of Empires, where sometimes you'll have a your game lasts between thirty minutes and an hour, right? Where yeah. it's it's uh, it's definitely a hassle in that sense, right? Compared to, you know, I'll, I'll I'll use Rocket League as the example, right? Where there's five minute games, so I can lose one five minute game and just go check on whatever's going on, right? As yeah, opposed exactly. to like you've been in this game for forty minutes. <laughs> And you're like, well, uh, time time to prioritize the more important things. <laughs> sure, exactly. And some games can be so psychologically draining as well. You know, if you if you're just aware that their macro is better than yours, they've got a bigger, spatially bigger eco, and you just know that if you are to turn it around, you are going to have to spend the next hour and a half going building by building. It's going to take ages. Um, yeah, yeah I, I just find that they those games break me. So uh, I'm kind of more than happy just to re- resign at that point. Um, but no, it's, um, yeah, I think I need to improve that mid, mid to late stuff, but I mean, that's probably one, one reason you might attack a lot earlier. Potentially. Yeah. I blame, blame it on the children, my violent streak in feudal age. Um, <laughs> um no. okay. So you, have you been uh, cracking on with the campaigns then Rob? I know you were. Yes. Uh, yes. Before. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've been kind of doing two missions a week. I've been actually streaming, and recording them, and nice. I think you know, I, I I'm gonna be honest. Like, I played a rank game after, and I actually think my commentary during the rank games is more interesting, right? Um, possibly because I think when I am playing the campaigns, I'm I'm kind of taking everything in and focusing because there's a lot of it's it's not just your standard setup, right? But I feel like when I'm playing the rank games, I can kind of talk through what I'm doing, so exactly yeah Yeah. there's a difference in in that and and my my friend who was watching uh said that as well he's like okay your campaign was a you sir your your just ranked mission was or uh, ranked game was a lot more fun because you told me exactly what you're doing at every point so i can i can kind of follow along even though i didn't play the game so um that's something to keep in mind i guess i guess i the reason i i like to record them and put them on the youtube channel is one for for content if i'm playing them anyways i might as well right yeah Uh, but but the second reason I think is in some ways when it comes to campaigns, um, I think if I'm not recording it, like there's a chance that I'll get lazy with it. Right. And it's not to say the campaigns are, are bad, but RTS campaigns can drag sometimes. So, yeah. uh, so completing them kind of two a week or, or one a week, uh, is a good pace to, to kind of enjoy it and not, but not, not feel like, Oh, this is becoming sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I mean, there might be times where you, you fail and you have to reboot it. So it's not going to be, you know, if it's the fifth time um, you've done it in the day, then it's not going to be the best, most riveting 
live performance by you in terms of your commentary, I guess, if you have to repeat <laughs> stuff. I don't know if you've been doing it that way or not, but... Um... Or have you been, I, you been posting the failures as well as the the wins on the on the campaign? Oh, I post everything. I post everything that oh, okay. like in order yeah. of of how yeah. it played. But I I pretty much at this point like I I won't stop till I beat the mission. So it'll just be a longer episode. Oh, I see. Um, cool. I, but I guess to that point, and I, I guess this this kind of uh, is a big part of it. Um, so there's two missions that I went through. The first one, you kind of start by by protecting some castles, and then you kind of just build up and, and win. Uh, I it was not, it was a lot more riveting when I was going and like r- hurrying to the castles to protect them. But once you kind of like set up, and it's like, oh, I have an ally, and we just have to build up. Uh, yep. it, it became a little less interesting. To be fair, there was some interesting things to try to get to the final. Um, you kind of had like two ways of winning. You could either take out the specific army or uh, or kill two two like notable uh, historical figures, um, okay. and and one of them was in a castle that was like behind a lake. So you'd have to like build up ships or something. Um, but what I did instead was actually there was a wood line, and I brought thirty villagers and cut through the wood line oh, wow. so I can get my uh, my rest of my army through. Um, That's yes. very sneaky. <laughs> Did it did it feel uh, like um, a well? It obviously sounded like it was, but uh, sort of an alternative uh, strategy, or was was the guy dumped right at the back of the map, out of harm's way, and you basically had to go past everything anyway to get to them? Yeah, yeah, they they were pretty much at the back, so you yeah. you you would have had to had built. I I'm not sure because honestly, I didn't explore that much of the left side of the map. So like maybe there was a way on the very very left side of the map to get to this uh, final castle and where the guy was hiding, um, but I there was a point where I saw like twenty ships in like a little lake area and I'm like I am not going to build up uh, I already have a standing army I, I'll I'll just cut through this wood line so uh, yeah yeah that that was I guess the most interesting part of that mission but the next mission and this this was entirely I don't think on purpose but you kind of have like two armies going towards you the scots and uh and some other uh english army i think as well right uh you're 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 kind of fighting both at the same time and i was you know there's like oh there's gonna be attack in so many minutes and i was so underprepared so um which may actually end up making this mission a lot of fun um this is the one i would recommend to at least watch the the like 20 or 30 minutes or so of me struggling but uh essentially i for almost 40 minutes i am just barely staying alive uh the whole time it's, it's just a struggle of like oh 100 percent, i should just quit and restart now you know but i don't yeah. i keep going and and i survive and survive and eventually i'm able to build up a castle and still the castle almost died. like it <laughs> it's just a mess where I, i'm just being bombarded from both sides it sounds um, like and... that's that's the kind of perfect balance though really that's the <laughs> the desired feeling i'm, I'm in my mind's eye because I've, I've not done any of the campaigns mm-hmm. i'm picturing uh you have seen Saving Private Ryan, where they're getting ready, trying to hold the bridge, and they've got to yeah. just kind of get ready as best they can, and it's just paint time just ticking on slowly for the inevitable defeat, and uh, and then it actually arrives, and yeah, I think a bit of jeopardy for in the context of a campaign is is a good thing. Well, I I even said it on the like recording that I'm like at this point I should quit and restart because I could probably beat this mission faster. Yeah. Because I was so battered, uh, but no, I was able to uh, to strive through and and uh, 
after a while breakthrough. And I think maybe the big difference is that they kind of send the attacks and waves. So if you if you you can get to a critical mass where soon the waves stop being as threatening. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what happened. Uh, it was it was almost like tower defense in some ways, but it was it was a pretty crazy uh, hold. I feel. Um, so I think I think what you know, explaining to me how I survived because I there was definitely a point where I'm like I don't even know how I'm still alive at this point. Uh, I just felt like there was fires everywhere. But uh, no, I really enjoyed that. That was the uh, the Tom Tabard uh, mission in the, the that was the fourth mission from the uh, first of the expansion campaigns. Uh, so. Yeah, no. Uh, so far, still still enjoying the missions. Um, some are more interesting than the others. I guess this one was the most interesting because of the fact I underprepared. Um, but you know, RTS is a hard one. I think I think there is there's a very like fine balance between making it too experimental or making it too much the same, right? And I think yeah. difficulty is a big one too. It's like it, would this would this would all the missions be a lot more fun if I made them a lot harder? Like I think there's actually a possibility, but there's also another part of me who's like I don't really want to play these missions twice in a yeah. row, you know. <laughs> it comes down to silly things like because you are afforded that much kind of control in a kind of god-style role in this kind of game. The views yeah. the same. There's only so much you can do with you know the countryside and you know the the configuration of buildings and things it's uh it's quite hard to put a different slant on this kind of game when ultimately the controls are all the same and uh yeah as you i think you said previously you don't want it to just be you know you get to a point and it's like okay just play as your vampires and boom you, you don't want that so <laughs> it's, it's quite hard to build that variation in i imagine oh 100 100 um mm-hmm. but yeah yeah i guess i guess um Next week, you'll get my final, what's the word? Final take on the first of the uh, expansion campaigns. Um, and uh, we'll see if Egg has some some funny things to say about that. If Jack has some funny things yeah, to say about that. Yeah, I think, that. didn't he give you a bit of a teaser last week that it might be quite a, a fruity one? You might you might quite enjoy it. Certainly a, a feeling of epic ahead. I think it's quite a big, big battle. Well, it was one mission. So, I mean, that's a lot. that's a lot of pressure on that one mission there. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the season finale, right there. Um, yeah, so we shall we shall see how that goes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's good. Um, I think I think what we'll actually do is probably uh, uh, you. I guess you're you're kind of living the campaigns vicariously through us. But like I said, I want to make this one a little shorter. So uh, I think we had some great discussion about rank play and a little bit about the campaigns, and I think I think we're probably ready to go for this week. I think we're good. Uh, yeah. You got you got any burning, desiring topics that you still want to make maybe make mention here at the end? Um. Yeah. I, I mean, this is nothing new, and this again is back to my uh, experience over the last few days. But the the art of t- uh, tackling trebuchets when you've got an organized <laughs> opponent. Where three yeah. of them pop up out of the shadows and they've got men stationed all around them. Um, very difficult. I think bombard cannons the word if you have them, but yeah, I'm still trying to find my feet with that, and uh, I'm going to start thinking about a few alternative strategies to do that. Um, my my, if- my my own feeling on it is if they're already set up and they have an army that can defend it. <laughs> Sayonara. just lose st- no 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 just lose stuff while attacking somewhere else <laughs> try yeah. to slow them down as much as possible and try to get some other edge on the map that's that's kind of my new my new uh 
my new approach to Age of Empires. Yeah. That's, if you uh, have less stuff, be somewhere else on the map. <laughs> there's definitely a, a second brain you have to have running, like a second processor in the back of your head that is kind of looking at the mini-map on the real zoomed-out view and like, okay, well, I'm going to lose this area, so I have to take this area. And uh, yeah, I think the, the ba- overall balance is key on that. I kind of feel like um, between like the 600 to 700 maybe there's a bigger range but there's definitely a range where it's just kind of like everybody builds up and whoever has the better army quicker wins (laughs) yeah that's the problem but then i've realized my problem is that i have this raiding mentality where i'm thinking yeah brilliant i must be 20 bills up but in doing so i've just avoided their army and then my my tiny raiding parties end up dying but admittedly to high value but then ultimately they've kept all of their units and end up having quite a sizable force that i've not I've not planned my military that way, so I think I need to um, need to get that balance back. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess in, inspired by the Super Bowl the other day as well, I with one of these Treb conflicts in the same game, I realised that I had only food left, so I basically had four scouts. So I kind of sent sent some dummy runners down one side to lure all of their massive army mm. um, away from the Trebs, and then sent one guy round the the other way to hit the Trebs from the blind side. And then I kind of spam one of the scouts back round on itself to join him. So it was a, it was a proper straight out of, um, out of a playbook or something. But um, yeah, I, I went ahead and lost that game. But I'm wondering if there is a way through with, with clever um, cavalry manipulation. I don't know. But... Yeah, Kevin, yeah, at our level, it's like you end up uh, microing every cavalry perfectly and then uh, you don't do anything in your base, so you lost anyway. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I've got 15 gold miners or ex-gold miners standing on top of an empty pile, um, so what's the point? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, think, I guess the, the take-home is also just don't let them get to Imperial Age. I think that's the key thing. I, I think that's key as well. Okay, I, I think we're going to call it here, uh, yeah. Chris. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save some for next week. We'll save a little bit. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, I feel Chris and I could definitely go uh, on a whirlwind of topics when it comes to rank games. Um, but we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep keep it concise uh, and hopefully keep it weekly by making it so concise. Uh, so uh, thank all thank you to all our listeners. We're seeing a couple more people jumping into the Discord, so thank you for that. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll hopefully be back uh, with another one next week. Uh, and uh, I hope all of you have a good one, uh, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.